let's hit it. Hey guys, back on the couch today. I've got Rob Joyner joining me today for the Live It Podcast. Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself, mate. Hi, my name is Rob Joyner, um, and thanks for inviting us to this podcast. Don't know what we're going to talk about, but let's just have a chat. Yeah, yeah, sounds good, man. All right, let's kick it off. So, um, you've been training since age 16, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, been in this for a while. Yeah, that's it, man. And um, what, got you, what, got, what got you in training? Well, 37 now. Um, actually, what got me into training? I was actually the fat kid at high school. Yeah. I was the fat, Asian, chubby, curly-haired kid. Um, yeah, just... Started to hit the gym. I actually started, actually, funny story, I actually started off going through IT and everything. Um, then I just got a passion for helping people out, and that's how I got into the whole PT thing from there. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool, man. So, Fat Chubby Kids in school was like first off like aesthetics and started, or did you go? Because you're pretty I just want to get fit out. and lose weight, because, yeah, I was always, you know, I was always picked on in high school. Yeah. I was that kid that got picked on. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's how it started. And um, my cousin was actually training. He's actually training in um, Sweden now. He lives there. He actually got me into it. So just started basic bodybuilding split four days a week on the treadmill or whatever. Yeah, and just started. I lost fifty kilos within my first a year and a half. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I was like 150 kilos when I was 17 years old. Wow, yeah. I was, I was the fat kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And what's your uh, What's your background? Background, I'm half Australian and mum's Filipino. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So lots of, lots of nice Filipino food Oh, man, up, it's eh? the best. So you got to yeah. come around for some one day. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Cool, so you started off doing that. And when did you um, When did you actually start, like, PTing? PTing, well, again, I started, like, I did my first Cert 3 and 4 and a couple other Certs in IT. Didn't have the passion for it. I love using computers because I was that fat kid nerding and gaming and stuff. Yeah. But I think I start... When did I do my Cert 4... I think I was like about 17 or 18 when I did my Cert 4. So two years after I lost all that weight and yeah, just got into it from there. Yeah. So I started back in the day when we had these gyms, it was Zest Health Clubs. I don't know if you guys remember them. That, that was <laughs> It was basically the body club, which I trained out of. Yeah. And then there was Zest Health Clubs. Zest Health Clubs got bought out by Fitness First and then Good Life Now. So yeah, Zest Health Clubs where I first started PTing. I was 17 or 18 years old. Just in um, Cannington. Yeah, wow. There you go. Yeah, yeah. and you've always been around that area in Cannington. Yeah, kind of. I'm not Cannington. Yeah, yeah. Very cool, man. Um, so what's your transition across into like, because um, you are pretty big into strength training. Uh, well, now. All right. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, okay. So my parents actually, the story there, my parents actually owned a deli slash cafe around the Armadale area. And um, a guy came in with an Armadale weightlifting shirt and I go, well, what's this all about? And he goes, oh, I'll run a weightlifting club at... Um, the um, local PCYC. So he was actually an Olympic lifting coach. Wow, okay, yeah. So I actually started off Olympic lifting at the age of, I don't know, 17, 18, 19 years old, something or somewhere around that sort of mark where I started PT. So yeah, my first lot of actual competing was Olympic lifting. Wow, there you go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I did that for a good two, three years. Um, yeah, and what else did I do from there? So we did Olympic lifting, we actually started doing Highland Gatherings as well. So the first lot of Highland oh, yes, Gatherings yeah. out in Minora Park and Armadale, my Olympic lifting coach runs them. So yeah. Is that, um, Javen. Javen, yes. Yeah, Javen, Javen, Javen was my coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I remember doing that about, I did the, the Highland Games thing like, I think it was about three years ago now. Yeah, I did, um, dude, I did mine like, fuck, I don't know, man, like, over 10 years ago. Oh, so they've been running long time. Like, I've been running yeah. for a very long time. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of strength sports back then. There was, there was no CrossFit. There was Olympic lifting. 
powerlifting was around a little bit, but it was just all everyone just knew bodybuilding. Yeah, that, that was it. Bro yeah. training and bodybuilding, and there was a little bit of Olympic lifting. It was kind of like real underground. Yeah. So we had like I don't know, maybe ten people in our gym. So it was wow. yeah, very. It was just different, man. Yeah. Way different back in the day. Now it's like all open. People do snatches, cleans because of CrossFit. So CrossFit's actually done pretty good for the sport, in my opinion. As in for strength sports. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent, man. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah, um, that's, I guess that's how I started in a nutshell. Yeah, there you go, man. And like, um, uh, I suppose you went for a phase where you did a lot of kettlebell work too. Was that previous? Oh, or was that more funny, recent? Like, actually, I used to play around with a lot of different toys. Or what, how I start, I did my cert for. Then I just wanted to learn as much as I could. I went down the whole holistic whatever route. I did some Paul check certs. I didn't know any better at the time. I'm like, oh, this guy seems cool all these rep set schemes that you got a bit too airy fairy for me yeah then we just started I bought I actually bought kettlebells like before anyone had ever seen what a kettlebell was <laughs> and fuck the gym I was working out of I started doing swings or whatever this was like you know think about 16 16 years ago there was no kettlebells in gyms yeah I basically got told to leave the gym I was working out of just for because I, I love deadlifting I swing heavy ass kettlebells and yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't the norm in a commercial gym. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It was very, yeah. All that stuff that's common now was just, you know, not, not the norm back in the day. I wouldn't mind actually getting your thought on that. What's your thought on the translation uh, or the, the, uh, the way accessory deadlifts work, uh, sorry, accessory kettlebell works on increasing your deadlift? I think it has a place. Um, just for more so the strength endurance part more than anything else. I mean, they're not heavy enough to get a good transition over to a um, deadlift in my opinion but again people like KK and stuff um, Constantine when he, we had him, had him over for a seminar he was really big on him but again he was swinging like you know 80 kilo plus kettlebells to get some sort of effect you know, but he's a 400 kilo deadlifter yeah, yeah. so you know it just depends you don't expect to get much out of like an 8 kilo, kilo kettlebell to, for transition to help with deadlifts makes sense yeah. yeah you gotta get heavy yeah definitely yeah, cool man have you always been quite naturally strong man, I was the fat kid I don't know if I got strength for being the fat kid or not but <laughs> just carrying around that weight man I have to I have to work for my kilos yeah so like, again I was deadlifting and stuff like since I was 16 I started man I remember my first deadlift session I couldn't walk for like I don't know three or four days properly and I struggled getting 60 kilos off the ground far out yeah, yeah. I struggled I remember I remember that first that first set yeah, it was yeah it was horrible so Still I had to, I had to work. first set yeah man I, yeah first time I did calf raises the first time I did deadlifts <laughs> as a 16 year old man I was just I didn't know what Dom's was it was yeah it was fucked yeah. it was horrible <laughs> so yeah I started off at a 60 kilo deadlift so I haven't always been that strong I had to work for it. And your max now is? 307 and a half. There you go. So yeah, progress, right. yeah, progress over... Yeah, over 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, when, I, when I was working in PT, like, I didn't know what, I didn't even know what powerlifting was. My my best deadlift as a, I don't know, young adult, like 20 or whatever, was about 240 in a commercial gym. So yeah, I just built it up over time, I guess. Just grinded and grinded and grinded. So I think when I started, I got up to around about the 140 mark in my late teenage years. I don't know, I just shot up from there because I just love deadlifting. Yeah, it's good, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Do you remember that first like uh, first experience when you first lock out a uh, max deadlift? Yeah, my, f- my favorite was actually at, 
a comp. It's just different. You know, you've done them before. It's just a different environment. Oh, just yeah. getting that adrenaline the or hype. the hype. <laughs> yeah. It just uh, in a crowd in front of people. It's just it's just different. Yeah. My first comp I did was about in powerlifting because I had a big hiatus from competing. First powerlifting comp was two thousand and fifteen or fourteen, which was out at Cicerello's. It was a capo comp. It was just a um, bench and deadlift comp. So yeah, my first deadlift in powerlifting comp was two fifty. Yeah, well, that was just epic. I thought that was, yeah, just the adrenaline and the rush. You just get addicted to it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably the worst about um, you know what we've just gone through of COVID is a shutdown of you know comps that were up and people yeah people, but it's, it's oh. for me like for me it's like you can't I've learned that it's not everything like if you got to learn to adapt to your environments it's like all right if you haven't got access to a gym what can you do you know even got comps on all right what can I do within this time to make myself better so when comps do come around which they will or have soon to make myself better or ready for that. What body weight stuff can I do? What mobility work can I do? That's that's what people's focus should have been. I know a lot of people have thrived like in the COVID time, just with limited equipment. Some people have just gone fucking totally backwards. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I guess everyone's, in my opinion, you've got a choice of what you do. Exactly. Just because you haven't got access to whatever you're doing, like strongman equipment, barbells, dumbbells, doesn't matter. Just do what, what you got, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I'll be, like, in the COVID time, I was doing, like, a lot of kettlebell work, a lot of sprint training, just to keep that conditioning up, so I'd be ready for a comp or a comp prep when one come around. So, yeah. Yeah, you're actually looking a lot leaner than last time I saw yeah, you. Yeah, sprinting. Yeah, that's what I was doing. work. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Any compliment when you used to be a fat kid. Oh, um, man. Pays off, eh? <laughs> Dude, it just gives, you know, for me, like, going back to that, it's just, why I actually got into this industry was because I wanted to, I was that fat kid. I was, you know, go through a depression, chicks didn't look at you and stuff. As a kid, you know, it's just like, you know, fucking, you know, it's kind of depressing and I wanted to give that back to people. Yes. You know, I don't give a fuck about the money side. That doesn't, it never has phased me. Like, it's more about, <laughs> if I see that fat kid, I want to help him out. Or that, you know, that girl that's, you know, not confident in herself see her thrive and just glow after she's lost weight or in quotation marks toned yeah you know, it's just it's so rewarding seeing that 100% I mean yeah. you know you coach that many people yeah well you had that guy the other day that wasn't able to walk or something for yeah a one, one part of Sage's life he's quadriplegic yeah man yeah. I was like what that's this is this is what this whole thing's about man yeah, giving, giving something back like that to people it's just yeah. it's, I don't know there's no description for it it's just so rewarding Hundred percent, man. It is really it's a job where you can um you know give it your all. Yeah, you, 100%. Give, like, you just get give to, so much back to people. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Eh? It's like um, it's just, I don't think there's anything more rewarding than when you work in a job where you're just purely helping people. Yeah, and if that's what you got, if that's what if you're not money driven, if you're people driven, you yeah. get so much more out of it. The the money stuff comes from helping people. From helping people. Yeah, the more people, people you help, people, the more money you make. Yeah, you know, people see through that. Yeah, you know, if if you're money driven like you know your typical six week, you know, AIF trip. Sorry, I can't really say that, but um, yeah. online cert trainer. Um, you know, it's just people see through that eventually. Yeah. Same program, same everything else. But if you're wanting to learn, wanting to thrive, and wanting to help people, 
you know, people will come back to you and you'll get more business from that. 100%. Yeah, results really do speak for themselves when, yeah, you're, when exactly. you're helping people. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, let's go back and do it, man. So, yeah, start off PT, start off strength training. What year? So, you did your first comp about 2014, 2015? Powerlifting. Powerlifting. I did my first, yeah. I actually did my first lot of comps. Fuck, I don't even remember the year, man. Like, I was 20 years old. Really bad with math. But anyway, I was in my <laughs> early, early 20s when I did my first or like 19 when I did my first Olympic lifting comps and Highland Gathering comps yeah which is weird because we had to fucking compete in kilt yeah which I you would have to yeah. as well <laughs> it was actually funny I actually got taught I don't know I've always been kind of a rebel in the strength sports my first, my second year I did it I was like you know fuck this these you know the, the Scottish they don't wear any underwear in comps right so I'm like oh, I'll tone it down a little bit but I actually wore a G on one of the years and I wrote bite me on my ass <laughs> just when it flicked up and stuff yeah I got I, yeah I got a bit, bit of trouble for that but I thought fuck it you know it's you know Thailand gathering you know traditionally you weren't supposed to wear anything under your kilts yeah, I didn't right? know that <laughs> well, there, well fucking there you go yeah yeah there yeah. you go <laughs> but yeah it's definitely an eye opener coming from um, Olympic lifting to I know, carrying fucking stones and loading them and yeah. caber you would have remembered the caber that I, haven't, I didn't do the toss no oh you didn't do the caber oh, dude no, no. you gotta do the caber it's fun is it oh it's just awkward you gotta just it's this big fuck if people don't know what a caber is it's a huge ass log that you have to try and flip alright and whatever angle it lands on um that's all score you get so it has to, it has to do one rotation land a certain way and if it comes out to the left or right that's your degrees if it ends dead centre you pretty much won that event yeah. So yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Now I think it's awesome. Like um, you got a is it other guy called Ford Cam Ford? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's doing a few as well, which is yeah, pretty which cool. it's it's like it's so good to see the transition from you know getting told off from doing deadlifts in a commercial gym, which is the norm now. Yeah. To like there's like so many different strength comps, and it's it's nice to see the transition. Like there's CrossFit comps. Is yeah, it's just it's. Now that I look back at it, there was nothing compared to a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's what, like, uh, I started running a few comps. I think I ran four comps in total last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, just I, can't, like, I can't um, do any of your comps. That was wicked to see. Yeah, yeah, it's just, um, just being able to create, like, um, being able to create that atmosphere. Yeah. was awesome. You, you, yeah. Know, you know what I've seen, actually, that's a bit different within the industry? Like, because it was just bodybuilding comps. That's what everyone knew. I think because powerlifting and the other sports, it's given people that wouldn't usually compete in a sport a bit of leeway into something that they can do yeah. like I mean bodybuilding I, I, I can appreciate it I'd never do it because I yeah. Just, yeah I don't think I could go for Hard the dieting yeah. yeah um like it, like for girls that don't have that particular shape that they're looking for on stage powerlifting or strong woman or whatever gives them an outlet for something they can compete in yes which is good to see so yeah. from where I started like even powerlifting six years ago now there's definitely a, and strong strong man and strong woman there's a lot more girls within the sport now which is awesome to see actually yep. it gives them something to work towards so it's not your typical my powerlifting and strong man was always like looked at as a hardcore sport and now it's kind of accessible to everyone which is nice that's exactly why I started running them is because you know like a, yeah like I, your comp like everyone sorry yeah, every yeah, comp, yeah there's a lot of different you had like a scientist and you had like your general I don't know, Population. farm girl. Yeah, yeah general yeah. pop, gen- yeah. a lot of general pop people, which was good to see in a powerlifting comp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's why I wanted to run them because you know I, I'd had um, 
I had an experience where I took clients to another uh, another powerlifting confederation here in Perth, and I got I was I didn't like the vibe there. I was like, yeah, these guys are <laughs> fucking dickheads. I'm like, yeah. not fucking bring my clients back here. So I was like, I'll just yeah. run my own. Um, and yeah, yeah, and like you know, compared to doing like a you know a state con where it's a bit more full on, a bit more yeah, it gives, gives gives them something to introduce them to exactly yeah yeah just like yeah I just found that being able to build that atmosphere and that encouragement yeah exactly yeah. and having that um, you know having them hit those PBs and just be like oh my god it's awesome like, that's, yeah. that, that was awesome I love that yeah it's good yeah. to see isn't it yeah and the work really that they're putting in in the yes. gym good to put it into something yeah Hundred percent, yeah, yeah. That's a that's the next thing I want to try run is um uh try run out of that same gym, try run a novice strong man, strong woman cop. Man, I'm um, in if you need me there. 100%. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, yeah, no, that would be cool. So that that should be coming up this year with a couple more powerlifting comps, but just waiting on those restrictions and yeah, off we go. Yeah, good to see, you, man. Good yeah. to see you doing that for the industry, actually. Yeah, man. I just yeah, I love it. Eh? I love I love strength training because like it is it is such a um. Like not only does it teach you to be mentally strong, like you have to you have to be in control of your emotions when you strength train. Hundred percent. Because it's so easy to push it too far, and then you gotta learn how to pull it back, and you gotta yeah. learn how to just give it enough without overdoing it yeah. and hurt injuring yourself. Like that's um it's such a big part. You know yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think like people that, in my opinion, people that strength train it carries over into other aspects of their life. Like gives them a bit of drive to do other things and motivation. Like a usual cash potato or person that nothing against them, people that drink go out to live to drink on the weekend. That's what they do. People that actually are in the gym and wanting to compete, you can see that in the other aspects of their life, which I think is which is really really that's important to me. Like, you know, they're the sort of people I want to be around. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Have uh, I don't know if you might touch on, but have you had any experience with alcohol or anything like that? In oh the past? man! Oh, how, oh, we'll, we'll go. If we want to go deep into this podcast, yeah, go for it, man. Man, like I'll, I'll try and keep it PG-ish. Yeah, yeah. So, like after, like I guess the early PT days, I kind of got off the rails. Like I was always in the gyms. I was PTing at different gyms, so I went to Zest. Um, that got sold on. Um, I actually ended up in a wholesaling company selling um, sports supplements for a while. Um, so guys that do muscle tech, everything like that, BSN back in the day. Yeah, all the big, I was a sales rep for basically basically all that stuff. From there, I met certain people, not from that company, but just within that kind of circle, the wrong sort of crowd. Like, I actually ended up within, I don't know, gang organizations. I was addicted to meth for a good two years. I got, oh, off, man, I got off the rails fucking hard, man. Yeah. Honestly, I won't go too far into it, but I should have either been in jail or dead. Like, And you know what? Strength training got me back on track in competing. So like, where I'm at at the moment, muscle pit, that actually pretty much saved my life. That, that just... Like, it's... If you saw me like seven years ago, eight years ago, I was a fucking mess. You know, it's just yeah. So back to your question, not so much alcohol, drugs. Yeah, yeah. I was fucking hard out on them. Yeah, I was at the higher end to the lower end, like you know, from I won't get too far into that, but you know, the higher end to the lower end. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like and I'm the same, man. Like meth was such a uh, such a crippling, yeah, like such a crippling part of my life. And man, you know, if I can give people, I've trained guys that you know, being addicted to stuff and I've got them into comps and they've gotten clean. It's just like, fuck, it's just, 
I've been where those guys have been and to give them a bit of hope that you don't need to fucking hang out with these sort of people you, there's other people you can hang out with it's just it's so rewarding seeing that you know yeah yeah and that like, that, that's such a um like exercise but also lifting heavy is such a euphoric feeling yeah it, um, it, got, it got me clean yeah it's, it's a new it, 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 it took me a good two three weeks I was, fu- I was a mess but it got me fucking clean yeah you know yeah and I love that I love how, how exercise can literally change your perception of how you live in your life oh 100% because you know what when you're on that stuff you don't have a clear perception no heck at no, all no. you think you do you think you're focused you think you're productive you also think the government's after you oh yeah helicopters <laughs> fucking yeah. oh whatever else you know yeah just paranoia it's, it's oh, insane it's just fucking man. horrible yeah yes. but yeah it's just if I'm again if I can give that back because I've been the fat kid I've been fucking involved with gangs I've been involved with the whole meth thing if I can give people that hope and that drive to they they don't have to be that anymore you know it's that's what that's what I'm doing that's why I'm in this industry yeah yeah and now you're studying chiropractor yeah so again I wanted just to go even further like I love like because I the gym I'm at I see well, we've got some of the strongest athletes in like Australia I've seen I've seen like you know every sort of injury under the sun I'm like you know I want to give back to this community because again like the whole meth thing that got me back on track that gym muscle pit I want to give back to that gym even further so that's one of the reasons why I'm actually doing this chiropractic degree to give back to that community so yeah I love that man that's awesome and how far are you through now like, how long oh, I mean I've got fucking ages but yeah. I'm gonna keep pushing through. Mate, five, it's, like it's a five, it's a five year degree. Um, year and a half in. Yeah. So three and a half to go. I'm not counting or anything. <laughs> but like you said, you're doing it for such a rewarding reason. It's yeah. Just, I um, mean, again, I'll get the rewards from it. You secure a job, whatever else. But the main thing is, I want to give back to people. Yes. Well, that's all what I've always done through PT. But I've wanted. I guess I want to step it up a bit further and just give people rehab or go the whatever. Next level. You go to the next level. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, and I love that, man. Love that. Um, yeah, so it was about eight years ago when you you got clean from... Pretty yeah. much, yeah, yep. man. Yeah, and when did you do your first strongman comp? Oh, man. Actually, I did my first strongman comp with... Oh, when was it? I think 2016 or 17. Yeah, so around the powerlifting time? Yeah, around the powerlifting yeah. time, like... I'm Dan Mackey, you've had on this podcast before. Yep. Um, they gave me about a week's notice. They're like, oh, you should just do a strongman comp. I'm like, yeah, all right. I'm not, I've seen you guys do it. I'm not really sure what's going on. So I had about a week or a two-week prep. I actually won that comp. Wow. So, yeah, and actually the comp was actually on my birthday. So, yeah, that was actually pretty cool to win a comp in, on my birthday. A bit of work with it. Yeah. <laughs> on the um, day, on the next comp after that was the strongman finals, which I actually won that year. Yeah which was fucking awesome so yeah that was my so to that year it's actually 2017 August was the first comp in 2017 um November-ish I think when they hold the um finals um yeah that would have been my second strongman comp yeah and which actually gave me qualify for Arnold's well there you go so yeah, yeah. so I did um Arnold's 2018 yeah um strongman which was my first exposure to the whole Arnold's Expo which is just fucking surreal mind blown it was mind blowing yeah. it's just different level competing over East yeah yeah, love it man that's so awesome and then the following year you did Pro Raw is that right? I did Pro Raw deadlift only because everyone yeah. knows in Perth my bench sucks but again that was awesome just to get up on the Pro Raw, Pro Raw deadlift 
or pro or stage to lift in front of like some of the best in the world in Australia. Yeah. It was cool. <clears throat> Very cool. So yeah, we'll see what happens in the future, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, what's your, um, like, who's some people you met along your journey that you, um, you know, really inspired you or helped you get to where you are today? Oh man. Oh, fuck. Where to start this? Oh, I apologize if I miss some people. I guess, um, the ones I met, obviously I went, when I started the whole PT thing, I was looking for information, trying to learn more about strength training and whatnot. So obviously the Paul Check thing, whatever with him, but I actually branched off into more Charles Pollock and stuff. Um, yeah, rest in peace. I actually did, my, fir- my first, where it, what changed me as a trainer or coach, I don't know where everyone calls themselves coaches now, but whatever, yeah, yeah. That's, that's another topic. <laughs> but what changed the way I trained and coached people, I actually went over to New York to do a seminar with him. Um, I was just like, you know what, fuck it. I, I need to learn more. Saved up the money um, and went over and did a seminar with Charles Pollock in from Perth, Australia, that's to New York. That's a bit of a hike. So I didn't go over there for a holiday. I went over there to actually do a seminar, which was awesome. I just learned so much from Charles Pollock. And so I guess that's one of my main influences as a strength coach was doing his seminars and um, his certifications. Um, yeah who else we've had different people again shout out to Henry Dave fucking saved my life getting me into muscle pit yeah um learn, learn old school fucking trainer Henry Day just rough as guts <laughs> no Job bullshit <laughs> yeah man it's just <laughs> fuck he's just old if you were to put a definition of old man strength in a dictionary just stick a picture of Henry Day in the dictionary that's that's pure old man strength there just no bullshit I'll tear a quad I'll still fucking squat, you know. And it's actually funny, like, I've never seen anything fucking like it. It was a, I think it was my first um, Capo State, or second. I saw him do a 300-something kilo squat, tore his adductor magnus, and if anyone knows, that's one of your biggest adductor muscles, right? Jesus, tore his yeah. adductor magnus in the bottom of a squat and still stood up out of the squat and finished it. <sighs> it was a slow-ass fucking acceleration but he still finished the squat yep. and he still competed for the rest of the day still bench and deadlift wow so yeah that's this old school fucking mentality I've learned a lot being at that gym yeah learn what not to do and what you know how to fucking train hard so Henry Day definitely is a big influence in the way I train um I've had a lot of chiropractic influences um guy I see Michael Prosler he actually got me into um the whole chiropractic thing, I'm like, you know what? I actually want to do this and help other people out. Yeah. So he's been a massive influence and a stepping stone for me to actually, because I saw about four chiropractors before, I'm like, yeah, this is cool, I'm getting better, but he actually ignited that spark for me to want to do this degree. Yeah. Um, Jordan Shallows as well, for everyone who knows him, he's muscle doc. He actually gave me a lot of good advice. He actually wrote me a recommendation to, um, a letter of recommendation to enter Murdoch Uni which was actually really fucking nice of you. So yeah, that's, that's another influence of mine. Um, just a lot of powerlifting, powerlifting influences. We've had Constantine, uh, rest in peace. Learned a lot off of him. Ch- um, Chad Wesley Smith, um, knowledge, <laughs> absolute knowledge. Um, who else? Uh, Vlad, who I still sport, talk to a lot, the world record squat holder. Learned a shitload off of him at his time at Westside Barbell, yeah. what he did there and you know, just the way he and actually, come back. Jesus yeah, Christ, man. yeah. Just the way, and yeah, I think he 
broke something or tore something in one of his legs. Like and to have a world record. The knee. Yeah, man. And just to have a world record squat and what he went through rehab wise and um, you know, the way he trains his squats to get a world record squat. Yeah, he only trains four days a week, believe it or not, and that's enough for him. Yeah. It's very minimal volume as well, just because he's such a heavy guy. Like, just to learn from, like, the lighter weight lifters to the real super heavy weights and how they train and how you should train them. Like, your lighter person, as you'd know, you could probably probably hammer them. Well, you got, if you've got a super heavy weight guy, all right, how, much, how long is it going to take them to recover? How much work can I give them before they get burnt out? It's very different coaching your heavier to your lighter people. Yeah. And females as well. You know the difference between yeah. training a female athlete, which in my opinion, you can give them a fuckload of volume. This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah they can just go all day. <clears throat> yeah. Right? And compared to a guy, like, we just burn out a lot quicker. We're stronger by nature, but we burn out a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, I suppose part of that comes down to how much central nervous system recruitment we put into our yes, movements. Yes, we, we do. Weights. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's what I guess that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, regardless of female or whatever, it's still like 300 kilos in your hand. There's still gravity forcing 300 kilos down in your body. It doesn't matter if you're a male or a female. Like, in comparison, like, the female deadlifting 100 as their max compared to a guy doing a heavy deadlift at 300, there's still, you still, you know, taxing forces on your joints and everything compared to that 100 kilo deadlift. It doesn't matter on sex or gender. Yeah, 100%. If you've got a female deadlifting at 300, that'd take... Oh, man, fuck. (laughs) I'd love to see that. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, some pretty... Uh, you know, you you see it on the... I suppose now, like, you know, how much has the internet changed? How much we see? Man, like, fuck it back in the day there was no YouTube when I started the, we had to get books I, man I, I still have no joke I still have VHS like video cassettes of Paul Check and different strength coaches like I think I've got a when Battle Ropes came out I've got a Battle Rope um, I can't remember what her name was Ingrid something um, she was the first person that kind of brought Battle Ropes into the scene I still got a a videotape there's black videotapes of her like coaching um, battle ropes so that's how far back I got I've got old Polican books because that's that's all there was there was fucking muscle mag there was books you could order online from the US you know and later on there was no Google or anything either it was back in the day it was fucking Netscape or I mean, old school browsers and they had yep. dial up modem there was, there was no access to you know anything back in the day yeah so yeah, I've still got a lot of my old books and stuff. I'm yeah. fucking old, man. <laughs> but that's why I love it now. Like you, you, you're exposed to so many amazing athletes by the internet, and it yeah. shows like how many incredible athletes there are yeah. out there. And there's a lot of information on the internet too. Yeah. If you can sift through it, there's so much oh, yeah. bullshit. If you can, if you know where to look, there's the right information there. Yeah. It's very, it's so much more accessible these days. And that, that's a that's a joy of getting a good coach or a good trainer who can who's been through all the bullshit, who's, who's tried it all. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, because that, that's what I was doing. Is. Again, I was doing so much bullshit back in the day. I'm just now that I look back on it, I'm like, why the fuck was I doing that? Again, it suits some people, and I can take a few principles like the whole poor check balancing on fucking Swiss balls and shit. No way I'd do all Still that shit now. Some people do that. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way I'd fucking do any of that now that now that I know better and I've actually know how to look at research or whatnot. You know, it's just the what you learn from the past and if you can build from that and develop yourself better, I don't just stay stagnant in one one lane. That's one thing I've learned as well is just to open yourself up to different 
trainers, different coaches and stuff, when there could be like a trainer that's been in the industry for a year that could still teach me something. So I'm open to that, you know? Or there could be like someone that's been in the industry for 10, 12 years that is so stuck in their ways that they can't teach me anything. Oh, mate, there's a lot of them like that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You've got to learn to adapt at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It it is amazing how like, you know, some people find a way or they're so obsessed about one way and they just use that forever even though, you know, shit changes. Research changes. changes. Research changes, exactly. I mean, you don't, I mean, as long as you've got a good foundation still of the basics, I think a lot of people, that's one thing I've seen too, a lot of people are trying to reinvent the wheel too much. At the end of the day, strength training, strength training. Do your volume, do your sets, do some overload, progressive overload, you'll get the results. Exactly. Don't try try and over-fucking-complicate it. Yeah. It's fucking strength training or muscle building. It's not that fucking hard. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's some of the... Let's go to it, man. What's some of the... Your pet peeves or your hates or like shit you don't like in the industry. Oh, fuck, man. Pacific strength training, whatever you want, man. Go for it. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, sure, man. Go for it. (laughs) Look, I'm a guy at the end of the day. I do... I can appreciate what I see on Instagram. But don't fucking put up a bikini girl fucking post with your ass out in a motivational quote. It doesn't fucking match. You know, if you're going to do a post for a bikini post, whatever. All right, my glute, glute progress. That's fine. Don't do a fucking motivational thing like this whole fucking paragraph. It's, oh, no one's going to read that fucking big quote. Yeah. No one cares. They're looking at your fucking ass. That's it. It's, legit. it's such a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> Oh, you know? mate. Yeah, I, I feel you, man. I'm very... It's just to get fucking likes and followers. Yeah. No one's read your fucking thing. Yeah, sorry, it gets me fucking boiling. Oh, mate, I feel you. I'm just, I'm just cautious who I follow now. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I see too many of those, my, I just have to unfollow It's that fucking person. everywhere. Um, yeah. Another pet peeve. It's good that people are focusing on a lot of mobility, stability, and rehab stuff. I think people are going too far into it or trying to reinvent the wheel keep it fucking simple you don't need to analyze someone balancing on one leg all the time have you just look at the basics of how they squat yeah start, start, start with balance. that yeah. if you need to break it down further from that if you can see it I know some sort of hip you know, pelvic tilt or whatever maybe break it down a bit further but start with the fucking basics Keep 100%. it fucking simple. Keep your strength training simple. Can you sit down on a chair without yes. your knees caving? Exactly. Yeah. Keep it real fucking simple. Without Don't overcomplicate it. That's one pet peeve of mine. People are just trying to be this rehab coach, trainer, movement, whatever. When they're not a chiropractor or a physio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if you if you've done courses on whatever in strength training, yeah, stick with you know that's another thing. Stick with in your fucking lane. Yes. Yeah. Fuck man, it's it's such a pet peeve. Like seeing people step out of their fucking lanes actually one of my bigger, biggest pet peeves coming from where I started everyone was called a personal trainer back in the day I don't know where it fucking happened why the fuck is everyone a coach now <laughs> like you know, for back in the day like especially for the polygon courses at least it was a vetting process yeah. you weren't actually like we actually had to get there was a level one and two Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done the like fir- I've done the first five, wasn't there? Yeah, after five, like athletes, uh, Olympic athletes, but not yeah. Five. So basically, for a level five, which I never got to, um, you actually had to coach a gold medal yep. Olympic athlete to get your cert five. Yeah. So even like even for your cert one and two, 
you actually had to get 98% within the theory, which were, they weren't easy theory courses. They were actually pretty, or theory tests, they were actually pretty hard. You weren't actually allowed to sit within the practicals or do the practical tests until you pass them. And you got three chances. Yeah. Now anyone can do any sort of course or whatever. At least through the polling and stuff, you there was a bit, a tiny bit of vetting process for strength coaches. Yeah. So, in my opinion, going through that and actually training athletes, that should be called a coach. Why the fuck is everyone called a coach now? It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel That's good. a pet peeve. Why the fuck yeah. is everyone not a personal trainer? You've done a personal training certificate. Exactly. Yep. Why are you a coach? A coach of fucking what? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the, man, the, bring, bring him out oh, man. man. Oh, okay. the, the gut health coach. <laughs> oh, stick within your fucking lane. The calf coach. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, I feel you, man. I feel you. Oh, um, man. What else? <laughs> what else? Go for it. Oh, man. All right, another thing. Everyone, because there's a market for it, everyone wants to be a fucking powerlifting coach or a strongman coach or whatever, a bodybuilding coach. Just because you've done one show or one comp doesn't mean you're a fucking coach. Yeah. You know, there's a lot There's a lot to being, as you know, there's a lot to being a coach, looking at someone's movement, looking at reps. In my opinion, a lot of people just take a lot of templates off the internet, which is very accessible, yeah. and give them to people without knowing the process, knowing how to deload, reload. Basic 5x5. Yeah, basic 5x5. Everyone wants to be a fucking powerlifting coach now because there's a mm-hmm. market, you know, you know, you need to go through the processes of doing a fucking hard comp. You know, go through the process of going through your injuries. Yes. If you've been through fucking injuries, at least that way you can, you know, emphasize with people, especially like within the sports of the strength sports, you're going to fucking try and hit the sun every time, right? It's how far can you almost touch the sun without getting burnt? And that there's an art to coaching. You can't mm. just fucking, it's, you know in my opinion, it's not that hard to get someone strong. It's hard to keep someone strong and keep them out of injury. Yes. That's that a pet peeve of mine. I've seen right. so many people get yeah. fucking injured and burnt out. Like, just within my time, I've seen so many people enter these strength sports and not stay in them. Yeah. Due to one reason or another. Most of the time, it's usually due to injury. Yeah. Or not um, performing well on the platform. I wouldn't mind touching on that if you don't mind talking about it. Do you, do you think, like, an opinion that's, like, overuse of too much gear? Like, too much performance enhancement? Partly, I think a lot of people start them a little bit too early. I mean, yeah. I've been guilty of it before. I'm pretty open with it. But I think a lot more so gear and what I learned from Pollockin because I've picked his brains a lot, gear's actually not the best. Like, it's it's better for muscle building. You're not going to get a lot out of strength. gear for strength because yeah. it's more of a central nervous system mm. thing at the end of the day. Yes, more muscle, you know, more more muscle fibers, more sarcomeres, you build or whatever, you can actually produce more force, right? That's that's basics of... Um, science. Yeah, basics yeah. of science, right? So more muscle mass, you, you can actually lift more weight. But as far as actually gaining pure strength from gear, you're not going to. Muscle, yes. Strength, no. So in my opinion, a lot of people just don't know how to train and recover properly. Mm. And again, we've all been fucking guilty of it. It's like... If you don't have your diet right, if your sleep's not right, you're not going to re- fucking recover. Yeah, you take exactly. All the, you can yeah. take all the gear or whatever you want. It doesn't fucking matter. If your training's not optimal, your water intake... Mind hit, uh, mindset. I think that's yeah. a big thing as well. If your mindset's not right, that's that's such a big thing for the strength sports. And 
I think a lot of coaches don't take that into consideration. That are, uh, when I coach people, I take that into consideration, like lifestyle factors. What's your work like? What's your family life like? Because that's going to play a big part. Like, there's no point me giving someone a five day a week powerlifting program if they're not going to do it. If I've got to pick up kids and, you know, work a full time job as a single mum, it's not. Yeah, gonna fucking, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you got to give them the minimum to be able to get the maximum. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it takes the yeah minimum to get the maximum. What's the max? What's the minimum they could do to get the most result? And I think a lot of coaches overpromise mm. and underdeliver. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, which know. is the worst for like, I think, I think client. It, if you can, if you can underpromise, then overdeliver. Yeah. That makes you such a, a better coach. That's a sweet spot right there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and really I is. think with strength, I guess my story took me a long time to get to. Obviously, it was that hiatus of that drug thing or whatever, and I stopped training for a bit, but. It took me a long time just grinding over and over to get up to those deadlifts. Mm. I mean, when I started at Muscle Pit, I was, you know, when you're in a commercial gym, you think you're King Dick. <laughs> Going to a fucking strong gym like Muscle Pit, you're very humble very, very quickly. Yes, very true. So I walked it? in there, I'm like, oh, I've got a fairly decent deadlift. I had a 220 commercial gym deadlift. just repping it. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I'm at the bottom of the barrel here. But over time, over five, six years, you know, I got up. It took me about four years to get to four and a half years to get to that 300 kilo deadlift mark. So it just takes time, and I think a lot of coaches just don't take the time, or the athletes don't understand it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Just enjoy getting stronger very slowly. There's no rush to it, and that's where a lot of injuries happen. They want these numbers, they want this body. Just take your time with it, don't yeah. rush. Yeah, that's um, actually a good example of that is four years ago when I was benching, I'd benched one, God, was it four years ago? So I'd benched 130 for the first time. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I so remember it, that. It was a long time ago. <laughs> um, and I set a goal. I was like, I want to bench 180. Yeah. Uh, and then I ended up changing it to 200. And you know, it took me four years to hit a 200 kilo bench press. That's, yeah. Like, and it, that was fairly recently, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it took time. Exactly. <laughs> it just takes time and you know some days you feel good and you can hit those numbers exactly yeah. I think that's another thing to consider as well is how you're feeling on the day like I, with, I don't like writing big blocks for clients just because you got to see where they're at like you can there's no point writing a 12 week block and I fuck that's another pet hate yeah. 12 week fucking programs yeah cookie cutter ones but, oh man they, they change like things change all the time yeah exactly yeah. Like, you know, that someone's work shift might change, their sleep patterns might change. Yeah. You know, are they getting burnt out from all the work I'm giving them? Mm-hmm. I think communication, like all oh, comes down to communication with your client. man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I always have an open door policy with my clients. Like, you know, it could be any time of the day. Yeah. Like, just send me as many messages or emails if you you might not always reply yeah but they'll get around to it yeah get around to it yeah because at the end of the day like if they can't like and this is from more past experiences I know if a client goes quiet (laughs) that that something's wrong yes I don't hear from them um you know if I've sent them a message checking with them because I do like a weekly check in every check uh, every week yeah and if I don't hear from them for a week I'm like holy shit something's like something's wrong so it's like trying to decipher and again I've spoken about this before but you get a lot of people that um don't like to fail um, and that's what strength training really does teach you. It teaches yes. you to be okay to fail. You need to, like, you're going to fail more times than you succeed in strength. Mm. You know, 100%. And that's, and that's a, it's not a bad thing, you know. And yep. you got to learn, you got to learn to have a bad comp sometimes as well. It teaches you what can I learn. Okay, I had a bad comp. What can I learn from this comp? 
Actually, we'll go back into the pet hates. I fucking hate the big fucking paragraph stories that people post about their fucking bad comp. You don't need to post about your bad fucking comp. Suck it up, get over it. Suck it up, learn from it. Yeah. Get back on the platform, do your next prep, yeah. learn from it. I hate fucking big paragraph. I mean, thanking people oh, for the comp and stuff, and that, that, that's cool. Yeah. Don't fucking post your fucking life story about your comp. I fucking hate that oh, too. I remember seeing this guy. I've been guilty of it early because you didn't know any better, but I fucking hate it. Sorry, man, go for it. No, that's all right. There's this guy I follow on um, uh, Facebook before I had Instagram. I think his name's Billy Giuseppe. Oh, something like that. Anyway, he's over in Ca- um, Canberra. Yeah. Um, so he used to you know, be a bodybuilder, um, powerlifter, yep. own a gym, and now he owns a sub store. Anyway, he did a post. He did a post about it. He said, you know, uh, gym in 1990s young guy walks into gym stares at the big guy big guy knocks him out young guy leaves gym comes back and apologises to big guy and then <laughs> teaches him and gets him on and Fuck makes yeah. him massive gym in 2010 young guy comes in does a PB on a tricep extension writes a story about how his budget died and he overcome this and all his mates come oh, and pat on the back <laughs> man, what a, yeah man it's, that's kind of, it's actually very very yeah. true <laughs> Lot, even a lot of the commercial gyms it was just like big juiced up bodybuilding guys and that's what it was I didn't know any better yeah it's, yeah, it's just such a contrast now like because yeah it's, yeah it's just there was not many um, oh, was that a what gym was that it was a gym in fucking Bronx Armadale of all places it was just a lot of gassed up dudes and I was like fuck this is pretty cool what are these guys doing I, I didn't know any better and I'm it was actually a funny story like I was like oh you know probably should get a tub of protein powder or something I was suggested it by these guys I bought my first tub of protein powder Think back home and I was still, and, well yeah I did yeah I was um, the same when I was 12 <laughs> yeah no but my, it was actually funny because I bought it home and it was a tub of like must tech nitro check it, it was, has like the jack yeah, dude yeah, on the yeah, front yeah. Yep. but it wasn't even the jack dude on the front mum thought oh, I went home and mum goes is that steroids I'm like I don't know it's protein powder mum I don't think I'm going to get that big from it, but I hope I do. But I don't think it's steroids. Man, I didn't know any better at the age of yeah. 16. Yeah, I'm with you, man. <laughs> I was the same, man. Like, I, I first started lifting weights when I was um, 11. Yeah, um, wicked. That's yeah. fuck, man. That's awesome. My dad was an old school bodybuilder in the 80s. Like, not never oh, competed. He was just like a yeah, like Jack Jimbo. That's awesome, um, man. And like, you know, like doing karate and different things like yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, moving on from that. So you brought me my first weight set um, when I was 11 because I used to get bullied and that was a good outlet for me from not yeah, yeah. punching on at school. Um, so yeah, started weight training um, and yeah, I remember walking into the sub store to go, go buy my, I was 12 like with my, 12, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like with my, um, with my mum took me in to go buy my first thing uh, protein powder and I was, I was so happy I was like oh my god my first time. this is like yeah. the proudest day of my life yeah, <laughs> I was so happy and like another moment was when I brought my first because uh, you know I just had the standard size weight plates with the yeah, yeah. 50 kilo actually I did start with them yeah yeah well, the screw on yeah, colours yeah, oh yeah. mate the horror we were sitting there yeah. flicking them like, you see how I've still people? got my set yeah well there you go yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember I saved up some pocket money to buy uh, my first set of 10 kilo plates yeah I only had like fives two and a half some yeah, yeah, fives. yeah oh man I was a happy kid eh? <laughs> yeah. like, I was, I was it's like, the best day yeah that was literally like one of the best days of my life actually, I would have started I would have sorry now I think about it I did have a home gym set I started at I would have started when I was about probably 14, 15 then I then I started going to a gym yeah so yeah I had a, I, same deal I had that home gym set had that, e, that easy bars with the screw on weights yep yep weird ass 10 kilo 
you know, standard bar. Yeah, yeah it's just like real thin. Yeah, yeah. I've still got, I've still got, <laughs> man, I've still got them, eh? Yeah. After all, the parents have got them at their house, they're all rusted up and stuff. I've still got that first set, which is yeah. pretty fucking cool. No, actually, yeah. funny, I started, I actually started um, in martial arts as well. Wow, okay, yeah. You just reminded me, fuck, I started um, yeah, karate and competed, at, actually competed at a national level when I was about 13, 14. So, yeah, started, actually, that was the first lot of training. Yeah. Um, yeah. And from there, actually, you know, go going back, um, where I actually got really fat. Again, my parents had a deli cafe in Armadale. Okay. Right. So you imagine it was like a, it was like cat. You know, it was like your typical lunch bar type food. Mrs. Max chicken pies, rolls. magnums, chicken rolls. Yeah, yeah. Corn How good are they? <laughs> man, man, we well, it was basically we used to Beef cook a lot gravy. of fish. Yeah, man. Yeah. We cooked a lot of fish and chips and everything like that and that's we just had access to it and we're like I guess I, for, even with my parents they were taught or my dad especially my grandma taught everything in moderation um, yeah we're good man yeah, yeah we're good um, everything in moderation um, and we didn't know really what moderation was so it was just like oh a little bit here right Mate, there that's the majority of the population people like everything is in balance except for man, it wasn't, people even, wasn't even fucking balanced at all I got <laughs> fucking 250 kilos Jesus. as a high school kid yeah yeah that's crazy eh? yeah man it, yeah it was nuts yeah that not again I chose what I put in my mouth but we just had access to it like soft drinks like we had fucking pallet loads of soft drinks at my parents shop you know we could just fry up in the deep fries whatever we wanted at the time. Do they still run No, no, no. Like? The, the shop's actually still there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they sold it years ago. But yeah, I'll definitely learn my lessons how to <laughs> eat and not eat. Yeah, and me. especially from performance space too. You know when your body's feeling good when you're eating well and when you eat shit, you're like... <sighs> People don't realise though. You know, that's another thing. People actually don't realise what feeling good is. Yeah. They think they're feeling good when they're eating shit food it's just like you know when they switch over to actually eating better like, oh this is what actually feeling good feels like it's so different eh yeah uh, it actually surprises a lot of people yeah but yeah, yeah definitely notice a difference man what do I have man oh, I made the biggest mistake I should have known better but I was down on my food for the day raced into Macca's got three hash browns and a hot apple pie before sprints yesterday oh, no. it was fucking horrible man it was yeah. just all oily and shit I was dry reaching after my sprints yeah. and I've been doing this for fucking I know better but I was like oh, I probably need to get some carbs in Mate, pretty this, quick this happens to everyone like, it's, it's, it really is like you know this is never a straight line to your goal or whatever it is no there's, there um, isn't you know whether it's you know you're reversing out of a comp or you're trying to deload or whatever it yeah. is like are you trying to you're always going to fuck up yeah, like, I, that's what you got to tell your clients as well. Yeah, nothing's straight okay, linear, yeah. especially strength. Strength's not mm. linear. You're not always going to be at that peak where you can do the heavy deadlift or bench. And you're going to miss lifts. You're going to miss lifts, and you don't have to cry about it. It's okay. Like, yes, you know that's why uh, you it's know, a get, learn thing. Yeah, that's why I get you know um, that's why I love teaching people. That's actually why I went into strength coaching. Yeah, why? Um, instead of um, because I started off at um, shredded. And um, that's where I worked. I worked there for almost a year and a half. Yeah, cool. yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, so you know, I used to mark myself as a. Um, they, well, they give you a label of a strength conditioning coach. And I was like, we don't do any strength training here. It's all transformation. So I was always pulling in like transformation type clients. Yeah. Um, and it got to the point where I couldn't therapize. I couldn't counsel people. 
because that's what it was. You know, most people that want a transformation um, uh, need a therapist more than they need a coach sometimes. Yeah. So oh, what I found was um, I really loved teaching people how to get stronger. Yes. Like that was where my passion was because, you know, uh, if you're, you know, when you're doing the transformation type um, clientele is you get these people and they're like, oh, you know, I ate that on the weekend. Everything's done. I don't want to do it anymore. And it's like, that's okay. Where, when you know, yeah. you're teaching someone to get a stronger squat, it's like you go for that max and they miss it. It's okay because yes. you've got to build up again in four weeks and go again. It's yes. okay to fail. And that's, that's what I love about um, strength training. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. man. I guess it comes down to what I was saying before is, you know, Basically, with um, you know strength training and powerlifting, it gives that those certain people that because it, it was all like again back in the day, it was bodybuilding, right? And that's all people could aspire to was getting leaner or whatnot. Yeah. Powerlifting stuff gives those other demographics something to work towards, yes. rather than just the whole body composition thing. Yeah, because having goals in place actually gives people a bit of drive. Okay, I've got this con coming up, not just. Oh, I've got to get lean for a bodybuilding comp. What yeah. happens after you put fat back on? You're going to get fucking upset. You're going to get depressed. Yeah. And I, I guess back to pet hates again. Um, another pet hate. Learn when to fucking, you know, branch out. You're not the jack of all trades. You're yeah. not the fucking therapist. You don't have a fucking, you know, counseling degree. Or a psychology degree. Or a psychology yeah. degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, align yourself with a fucking medical doctor. Align yourself with a physio, chiro. Yeah you know counsellor yeah have a good network yes have a good network of people you're not you can't fucking do everything yeah like there's some you know I you know I don't suit training the fucking postnatal female go fucking you know see one of my other trainers that I'm aligned with that's not my game I can probably help out a bit but it's not what I do I get you strong and lean exactly That's, that's my job I'm not going you know I can't take you through that. Go to someone else. Yes. You know, learn. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you don't have to fucking train every population. Yeah. This is very true. Yeah. Know, know where your limits are. Know where your limits yeah. are and learn to, it's okay if your clients go somewhere else. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. There's more yeah. clients out there. 100%. Like, I, I do it from time to time. I have to refer people on to other trainers that yeah. can handle them. Because yes. Because I can't. You know, you're not gonna like, you're not gonna yeah. match everyone. Exactly. Yeah, there's personalities that don't that don't mix. Like I'm, I'm very <laughs> like ah, like everything's exactly. like full on, and people are, ah. <laughs> so yeah. you gotta find people suited to those. Yeah, sort of I guess people. even going through like the going through the whole university route now, like I'm not looking at other people that are gonna graduate in chiropractic. They're gonna suit certain populations because they're yep. the little tiny holistic girl or whatever, and I'm the jack dude. I'm not gonna suit you know adjusting or treating you know Doris the 85 year old that's not my game I'm going to yeah. probably suit you know powerlifters powerlift, that's yeah. probably more the demographic I'm going to exactly. suit when I graduate yeah. you know if I've got that you know the 80 year old or whatever go there's plenty of other chiropractors or, or physios I can refer you on to yeah. you know just learn to delegate out love it man um, let's wrap it up with where do you see the industry in the next like five years and where do you see yourself Oh, well, hope will definitely hopefully graduate if I don't part, you know, don't fail. Yep. That'd be nice. And you know, um, where I'd like to see myself is, you know, aligning myself with good coaches, um, good uh, other allied health professionals. Um, definitely, we've. It's always been. I don't know if you've seen. There's always been this kind of like, I don't know, void or rift between chiros and physios. We both learn the same shit. We just yeah. treat a bit differently. I'd like to see um, us aligned 
and working with different strength coaches and different trainers and stuff. That's where I'd like to see myself um, once I've graduated. Where I'd like to see the industry. Man, it's just... I've seen so many things come back into fashion. It's like... Believe it or not, I was actually one of the first guys to actually swing a kettlebell in Perth. You know? They're, they're, no one knew what they fucking were. And now you see kettlebell sport everywhere. You can see... You see Olympic lifting in CrossFit... And, you know, it was so... Doing a snatch, like, back in the day, was so frowned upon, like, in in a commercial gym. We had... I had to go down to the PCYC to do it. Um, or a I don't Max know. Deadlift. Hey? Or a Max Deadlift. Or a Max Deadlift. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know where I'd like to see it in five years. I'd like to see it progress and, you know, trainers learn and upskill and learn, you know, go see a physio and learn off of them you know I like to see people align themselves especially trainers with other health professionals yes that's what I'd like to see yeah you know just people you know not at each other's throats that'd be nice to see yeah get rid of the egos get rid of the egos and, yeah. yeah yeah help each other out help each other out yeah exactly. love it man that's pretty much it man that wraps it up well thank you for coming on board thanks for having me appreciate it mate <laughs> good job hope you guys listen I'll chuck uh, Rob's details at the bottom of the podcast in the description give him a follow give him a message if you want to learn more about what he does thanks for having us See no ya. worries